Hi, this is Daniel Sandoval from the Sandoval Bench Podcast. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, including this year's opening week's games. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those on betonline.net as well. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. That's betonline.net. For this week's episode, you're listening to Sandoval Bench Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Sandoval. Uh, for this week, wanted to get into some uh, NFL picks. Uh, we'll make that for the week one of the NFL season coming up here. And there's also an update on the Jimmy G. Trey Lance situation with the 49ers. Uh, Russell Wilson just signed a new contract. We'll get into that. Uh, Lakers made a trade for a veteran. Uh, some college football news updates with the Big Ten and the Pac-12. Uh, we'll do a new segment uh, where we do weekly uh, fantasy picks as far as, you know, lineups to set and uh, who might have breakout game, who might not. Uh, we'll talk about some baseball, Serena Williams, um, and that's about it for uh, for this podcast. So first, I uh, want to talk about the Jimmy G, uh, Trey Lance situation in San Francisco. There was a bunch of different rumors as far as uh, where Jimmy will end up. You know, uh, there was Cleveland, uh, but Cleveland decided to stick with uh, Jacob Brissett for the, the 11 games where Deshaun Watson will not be playing. Uh, and then uh, Pittsburgh was also an option. Uh, I think Seattle was probably the most desperate, but didn't want to trade for him, uh, but didn't want to make it seem like they were interested. But that's the team that needs a quarterback the most. Uh, right now they have Geno Smith starting. They also have uh, Drew Locke. Uh, so they have no future right there at quarterback right now. Not saying that Jimmy G is future, but, you know, he could be a, a good band-aid for them. Um, so, you know, and the rumor was also that Seattle is waiting for uh, San Francisco to cut bait with them, you know, cut them and uh, leave them there for uh, Seattle to sign. Um, but, you know, I think a bigger deal here is, you know, after the – uh, restructuring of his contract now he has a no trade clause and now you know which you know means he has to agree to where he gets traded to um, I think this says more about Trey Lance uh, I think this mean to me this means that the 49ers uh, don't think Trey Lance is ready yet fully ready obviously they want to uh, throw him in this season have him play a full season get the lumps out now but, you know, let's say week two, week three, he's, you know, 5 of 15, like two interceptions or something, and the 49ers are down 21-0 at halftime. Do they put Jimmy Garoppolo in for the second half, or what happens? You know, I, I think this is, you know, if you want to turn the, the team completely over to a young quarterback, you know, then you have to turn it over. It's kind of, I think it was kind of a weird situation. I said all along I would keep Jimmy Garoppolo just because I don't think Jimmy uh, Trey Lance is ready right now. Um, I think that's why they're keeping him. Uh, but you know, a lot of people were saying, Oh, you know, just trade Jimmy Garoppolo, give the keys to Trey Lance. The problem with that is that this team is ready to win now. 
You know, they have a great defense. They have all these weapons on the offense. Um, great running game right now with Elijah Mitchell. Their offensive line is, is good, too. So this team is ready. They're just a quarterback short. You know, if they have a quarterback that can take them over the top, you know, can throw the deep ball, they win a Super Bowl. Easy. Because, you know, they went to the Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo. They went to the two conference championships with Jimmy Garoppolo. They can easily do it if they have a quarterback. So if you throw Trey Lance in there and he just has a terrible season and you don't have a backup like Jimmy Garoppolo, then that's it. Then you, you're kind of set with, you're kind of stuck with uh, Trey Lance. And the reason why this is such a big deal with Trey Lance is because of what they gave up. They, they made a trade to move up to number three in the draft that year, and they took Trey Lance, who only played one college game in, that, in those two years, so he hadn't played a lot of football. Um, there's a lot of accuracy issues. Um, he's still, I think he's still only 20 years old, so there's a lot to learn there. Um, I don't think it's as weird for the 49ers as it seems to be weird for uh, fans and you know uh, NFL media because uh, they're trying to make it seem like it's divisive. There, you know, they had Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't even practicing or throwing; he was just kind of there. You know, uh, they kind of like uh, he was just like in meetings; he was just there, right? And you know, they weren't really addressing the elephant in the room. It's like okay, everyone's talking about Trey Lance; they're talking about Trey Lance. Um, I think this team has a good um, culture, a great culture. They seem to really get along with each other. Um, so I think I don't think there's a problem with having Trey Lance and Jimmy G. If Jimmy G wants to take on that mentor role, I know he's still in you know in his prime of his career, and he'd like to be a starter somewhere else. But you know, I think there's like a mutual understanding and a mutual respect there. The way they've taken care of Jimmy, um, it seems like. He's okay being there and kind of mentoring uh, Trey Lance. Um, so I think I think it's it's good. It's a good situation because, you know, if if Trey Lance doesn't work out for, you know, first six games or whatever, you could put Jimmy Garoppolo in there and we've seen what he can do. You know, the, the team likes playing for him, playing with him, and he can take him to the NFC Championship game, take him to the Super Bowl. We've seen that. But then once we get to those big games, then – we have to be careful. Like Kyle Shanahan, his play calling has to be very careful, very delicate with, with what uh, Jimmy Garoppolo can do. Um, and that's why they like Trey Lance, because he can be mobile at times. Um, and I think he could be a little bit more explosive in that offense, but uh, he needs some time to develop. If they put him in last year, okay, that would have been fine. But it's just hard to do this because they're, they're a win-now team where they should have some Super Bowls already, but... Um, they're trying to develop a 20-year-old quarterback who hasn't played much this past year, and he's having he's having some struggles in camp. So it's kind of hard. So we'll see during the season. Um, but I think Jimmy Garoppolo will probably end up playing like six games or something, either due to injury or due to the play of Trey Lance. Um, other NFL news, Russell Wilson just signed a, a fat contract here with the Denver Broncos to remain in Denver probably for the remainder of his career. Uh, he signed a five-year extension, $245 million deal, $165 million guaranteed. Uh, they seem to be a good match. You know, he seems to be enjoying his time there in Denver. Um, you know, that offense, you know, they've been short a quarterback. You know, it's uh, they they have a good running, running game there uh, between Williams and Gordon there. Um, you know, their defense, they have some pieces on defense, have like three good receivers, um, even though Tim Patrick uh, tore his ACL. So he's a good match there, I think. You know, culturally, um, I think he, he can be a leader for those young guys. Um, 
and that AFC West is going to be it's going to be insane for the next few years while um, while they have Herbert and Wilson and Mahomes and even Derek Carr with the weapons they have uh, in Las Vegas. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, so on to baseball. Albert Pujols he is closing in on 700 home runs. He's currently at 694. Uh, he said he indicated that this would be his last season in baseball. So six home runs away, uh, heading into the last month of the season. Uh, it's exciting because once you hit that 700 club uh, for home runs, not many guys get there. Uh, you know, we saw A Rod when he retired. He I think he was like at 696, something like that. So he was very close, but uh, didn't get a chance to finish that up. Uh, but Pujols, you know, he hasn't been tied to any PEDs or anything. He's been you know, a consummate professional in the league and, um, you know, very likable guy. And, you know, even when he first came in the league, he was just, you know, had all that power. And, um, you know, now it's it's fitting that he's finishing his time there in uh, St. Louis. Um, other baseball news, uh, Aaron Judge, you know, the Yankees have been struggling a lot, but uh, Aaron Judge has been having an amazing season this year. Uh, and, you know, there were rumors that he was planning on um, he was planning on signing with the San Francisco Giants uh, next year because him and the Yankees, they couldn't agree to a, um, a contract extension. Uh, but his home run hitting pace right now is just insane. He has 51 home runs. Um, he can probably hit 60 this year. Uh, so he's 30 years old this year. He's probably going to sign a... Uh, 200 million plus contract with the Yankees. I, I I don't expect them to not be able to come to an agreement uh, financially. That would just be ridiculous. Um, Serena Williams, uh, she's hanging up the racket. Um, as so far, I guess she um, decided to focus more on her personal life um, and you know business ventures. And you know she has children now, so she's trying to focus on that as well. Um, you know she lost in the third round, and then uh, her and Venus lost. Um, in the uh, doubles matchup, but um, great career, man. She's been around since uh, since I was what four. She's been around since like ninety seven or something like that. But um, you know, she's I'm gonna she has like twenty five titles there. Um, just amazing. Probably top five uh, sports figure of all time. She's just so iconic. Um, not men or women, but just sports in general for the dominance she had in a single sport for that long has just been amazing. We haven't, we haven't really seen that, you know, you had Tiger who was pretty dominant in, in golf, but then he has had his, he's had a lot of uh, peaks and valleys throughout his career with, you know, his accident and then his other injury and then scandals, whatever, and then it took him a while to get back. But, uh, but for Serena to be that consistent is just amazing. And I don't, I don't think we'll see something like that, honestly. Um, and then let's touch on some other stuff. Let's see. Um, the Lakers traded for Patrick Beverly. Uh, they got him from Utah. And, you know, I like the trade, but the Lakers did give up uh, Taylor Horan Tucker, who they just kept going on and on about this kid. He was 21 years old. Um, you know, he showed flashes and some development, but he wasn't consistent enough, and he wasn't really, like, in the rotation that much, right? This is a team full of veterans, as we know. You know, you know they got LeBron and Anthony Davis and, uh, Russell Westbrook last year, uh, Carmelo Anthony, they just have an old roster. So Taylor Horn Tucker, he can't develop. He can't really develop young guys when you're in a championship 
now mode like the Lakers are because they only have what like maybe two years, three years tops of uh, LeBron James playing at the level that he plays right now because he's going into year 20. So like we can't expect the same production every year, right? You know, that's just uh, unrealistic there. But, you know, it can happen, but that's a lot to ask for uh, for LeBron James. And then Anthony Davis, like, you know, who knows, you know, health-wise, like how long he could even, he can last in the NBA, honestly. But they bring in a guy like Patrick Beverly. He's 34 years old. Uh, key defensive guy for the Minnesota Timberwolves when he was with them last year, but um, so they got older, but you know they got they have some attitude now, which they needed. And I had been saying this before is that they needed some locker room leadership, you know, kind of like well they have it, but I don't know if LeBron was getting on people, you know, um, but for like like the same thing with Brooklyn, like Brooklyn doesn't have someone who's going to get on people. Like the Lakers do have LeBron who can do that, but Brooklyn didn't have anybody, you know, I think uh, Kevin Durant was too passive in that situation. But with the Lakers, um, I think uh, there needs to be another voice in the room besides uh, LeBron. And I think Patrick Beverly could be that guy like that Draymond Green type, you know, the disruptor. Um, but we'll see. I think, I think he's excited because he had a bunch of, uh, you know, appearances on first take and other media after the Timberwolves lost. He's like, Oh yeah, I could change the Lakers. I could do this and do that. So now he has this he has this opportunity to change the Lakers. Um, and I guess they're not getting rid of Russell Westbrook, who's uh, who's sworn enemies with Patrick Beverly. They're gonna they plan on keeping them, playing them together, mainly because they can't find a trade partner who's who's willing to take on a forty million dollar salary for Russell Westbrook. Um, I think they they kind of the media and fans and stuff have blamed too much on Russell Westbrook. I understand, you know, he's a he has a, one of the highest usage rates in the NBA and you brought him in, you know, to play with, alongside LeBron and Anthony Davis. That's a big adjustment for a guy who is, uh, has been like a number one, number two option for many different teams. But there's a reason why he was on his fourth team in, in four years. So uh, it's, it, this is definitely a desperation move. Um, I'm not sure if the Lakers win another championship um, with LeBron and Anthony Davis. Um, so we'll see, because there's a lot of other teams that who have got better. Like Warriors just won. I don't think Phoenix is going to be as good la- as last year. Um, I think Minnesota would be a little bit better. Maybe uh, I don't. I don't. I wouldn't say better than the Lakers. Then the, a fully healthy uh, Lakers roster, I think, will still be better than uh, Minnesota. You have Denver. They're going to get their guys back, um, so they might be better. Um, Utah's well out worse. We'll get into Utah too. They they made another trade here. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and then the Clippers, too. You know, the Clippers are co-favorites right now because they're finally going to be fully healthy. So, I mean, the Lakers could maybe get they could get five, six, maybe four if it's a really good year from Anthony Davis, like an MVP-type season. Uh, but I don't see them cracking that top three at all. Um, so, on to the uh, Utah Jazz here. So, the second shoe has dropped for the Utah Jazz uh, they got rid of Rudy Gobert and they traded him to the Minnesota Timberwolves. But then, you know, there were discussions about, oh, are they are they going to keep Donovan Mitchell? And then New York was interested. They famously showed up. The executives showed up to the playoff game between the Mavericks and I think it's Utah, um, and they were upset about it, and because they were wanted to get him. And then New York actually offered three unprotected first round picks: R.J. Barrett, um, and then who else was it? Uh, Mitchell Robinson. And the Utah, Utah Jazz declined it. So then, um, you know, talks stalled for a while. 
Uh, Cleveland had kicked the tires a little bit here and there, um, but it seemed like he was he was probably going to stay, or there was going to be there was some stalemate there. But um, you know, they were like, "Oh, we're going to rebuild around Donovan Mitchell." I didn't believe it. I don't believe Danny Ainge. You can't trust Danny Ainge, right? Um, so they ended up trading him to the Cleveland Cavaliers for three unprotected first round picks, two pick swaps, and I believe there was a. Um, also included in the deal is Laurie Markinen, Colin Sexton, and uh, Okai Ibaji. I don't know who that is. Um, so then the Utah Jazz had signed Colin Sexton to a, a contract extension. I love this trade for the Cavaliers because uh, you know they already had they already have like a good foundation in place. Uh, you don't need Donovan Mitchell to be that number one guy. You're basically upgrading Colin Sexton to Donovan Mitchell, which is amazing. So you just put him in there. Um, you have someone who can control the pace of the offense, who can who can score um, at will. Basically, um, I never, I, I, I've still haven't thought that. Um, never thought that he was a number one. He could lead a team to a championship. But if he's like, if he's on a team that's deep, like uh, Cleveland's deep. You know, they have Evan Mobley. Young guy who can who can produce there at the center position. I and I like the way he plays. Uh, Jared Allen, uh, and then now you know Darius Garland. So you had three all stars on that team, and then you just add uh, Donovan Mitchell to that piece right there too. So um, I think they're going to be a lot better. I think they so they start off really well last season. They were like one two C. They were they were playing really well, and then kind of dropped off after a while. And then you know they were kind of the bottom of the standings. But um, this can put them you know maybe top five in the East because, you know, Boston, they could potentially see a regression or, um, you know, I think Milwaukee will probably be number one. Um, You know, you could see Boston number two, number three. And then like Philly, I'm not really sure on Philly because, you know, the whole James Harden situation, I know he's working out. I've seen the videos. I don't buy any of the videos in the offseason for people working out. Um, So depending on him and the health of Embiid, you know they can be they should be that three spot four spot but I don't know they're they're kind of up and down every year. Uh, the Miami Heat I don't I don't really know about the Miami Heat because they're getting they're getting a lot older like Kyle Lowry I think he's gonna be thirty seven. You know they they rely on a lot of older guys right and it's an older roster they don't have that number one guy you know Jimmy Butler's number one guy when it when the playoffs start for sure but. Um, so, you know, it, it can take probably like a younger team, like, uh, like you, uh, not Utah, like Cleveland to get into those spots. Um, yeah, depending how this, this works for them. But I, I do like the acquisition of Donovan Mitchell. And then you also have the Chicago Bulls, uh, in the East who should be a lot better this year once they get fully healthy there. So, uh, the East will be interesting though, for sure this year. Um, so, um, on to college football news. The college football board had has voted to expand the college football playoff to twelve teams. Um, I always thought eight was a good spot. Um, it thought I thought it was weird that they started off at four. They wanted to see how much money they were going to make, but uh, four seemed like nothing. Like why even have a playoff? Right? Uh, it's just too fast. Um, I wanted at least like some kind of action, some some room for potential matchups um, or upsets, I should say. Um, eight felt like yeah was like kind of the sweet spot 12 to me seems like it's too much like it's too kind of, it's kind of too crazy for me um it seems more like like an nfl model nfl structure but i think that's where college football is headed is to be more like the nfl um 12 teams is exciting though you're gonna get 
a lot of teams, a lot of schools who feel like they deserve a shot at the college football championship. Now this is their chance. Like, okay, okay, Cincinnati, you, you know, you had an undefeated season. Now here's your opportunity. Now, or, you know, um, whoever you want, the Coastal Carolina, whoever has a good year, they can play Alabama in the first game, and then they can figure it out that first game. But, um, you know, I, I would rather take the 12 over sticking with four. So I'll, I'll adjust to it. But, um, yeah, college football is going to change a lot here in the next few years. This is for 2026, uh, but they want to implement it as soon as possible. Uh, but remember, this was... These talks had stalled uh, like last year. They voted no, we're going to wait. But then now, all of a sudden, after conference realignment, you have Texas and Oklahoma. Now they're trying to leave early for the SEC. Uh, you have USC and UCLA going to the Big Ten. You have all these all this conference shifting and realignment that's happening. That now they're like, oh, okay, cool. Well, now we gotta now we gotta you know make it more exciting, get more more teams involved in the college football playoff. But now I think you know, eventually we're going to get to kind of like a two conference league, basically. Like we're going to have the big 10, which is going to be massive, which, um, Washington and Oregon have been in contact with the big 10, even though they're saying they're going to stay with the big 12, but they're like, they're the two big fish. there now remaining in the pac 12 or the pac 10, whatever we want to call it now. Cause so now I think they're going to go to the big 10 eventually, uh, big 12 and, and pac 12. They're not, I don't know why they're not forming an alliance, but something, something is going to happen here. There's, you know, we're seeing, uh, a lot of uh, we saw all these other schools leaving, so I think eventually also we'll have Florida State, uh, probably Miami, um, go to the SEC, and then I mean Clemson has to stay in the ACC or try to figure out a way to um, combine with um, Big Twelve or Pac twelve. Something has to happen like that, but I think for the most part we're gonna have like two. 20 team conferences in the Big Ten and the SEC, and then we're gonna have this big uh, 12 team college football playoff, right? But then with this 12 12 team college football playoff, whatever's remaining of the Pac 12, the ACC, or the Big 12, now that there's 12 teams, this would actually help those teams because now instead of it being four. And then most likely, since it's, we're going to be focused mostly on the Big Ten and the, the uh, SEC, most of those four teams, it's going to be like two Alabama schools and two Big Ten schools every year, right? But now with the 12 schools, you could have, you know, five or six from both conferences. And then the rest, you could have, you know, a couple from the Big 12. Maybe someone comes out of the, out of the Pac-12 again. Maybe you get a Washington or Oregon if they don't defect. Or, um, yeah, or then maybe Clemson makes a comeback or Florida State, something like that. So I think this is a chance to get out of that. You know, I know everyone loves SEC football brand and stuff, but maybe to get out of that SEC bubble there, um, get some different styles of, of football and um, action there. So it does give an opportunity to those other schools. I know it's more they're thinking more about money, obviously, financially, but, um, but it, you know, it's a win-win, I think. It, it does give opportunity for the Pac-12 for instance, to get some representation again, once again, and hopefully they could win something, get some recruits, put the back, the big, uh, the Pac-12, sorry, uh, back on the map. Um, I am a, a, a loyalist to the, the to the Pac-12, and I feel like they're just they're not making the right moves for this. All right, switching gears here. Well, uh, you know, as the NFL season starts, so next week is the uh, start of the NFL season, and we'll we'll bring back the 
weekly preview. We'll make our picks for the week, and then the next episode we'll uh, recap those picks. And then starting next week, we'll do we'll do like a weekly fantasy for like daily fantasy stuff, uh, different lineups, and and kind of predict who might have a good game or who who you can you know leave on the bench, kind of things like that. Okay, so starting week one in the NFL. So let's get into that first matchup, that first Thursday night matchup between the Bills and the Rams. Uh, the Bills are favored by two and a half. A lot of people like the Bills. Um, they're playing in L.A., warmer weather, um, indoor stadium. I would take the Bills. Um, I'm a little bit worried about the Rams and a Super Bowl hangover. Also, Matthew Stafford's elbow and the health the inflammation issue that he had. Like, I don't even know if he's fully ready or they're being truthful and honest uh, with his situation. So I would take the Bills. Um, uh, something to note, though, with the Thursday night games, you have to have – you can only stream it. I guess you can't even watch it on cable anymore. You, like, before, you could watch it on NFL Network, and then it was also on Amazon Prime. Well, Amazon, fucking Jeff Bezos over there, bought the rights – to broadcast all the games exclusively on Amazon. So you have to have Amazon Prime and you have to stream it. So some people have to pay for a, a whole other membership to watch one game a week, which is ridiculous because people are already paying for Red Zone, which shows us all the games and stuff, or Sunday Ticket. Like, what the fuck, man? Just, like, just put it on cable. If people have cable, like, people have cable specifically for sports, like, just put it on there. I, I just I don't understand why we have to get a whole other app, and then we have to get like, what if people don't have a smart TV, and then they don't have access to be able to show it on their TV? So like, what the fuck? Are they gonna just watch it on an iPad or watch it on a fucking phone or I don't know. Th- that pissed me off. But um, so then the Sunday games uh, we have the Bears and the 49ers. Uh, San Francisco is favored by seven. Uh, this one is in Chicago. Uh, Trey Lance, Jimmy Garoppolo situation, whoever's the quarterback, it doesn't matter. They're going to beat the Bears, I would say, easily. So you could put that one in your um, in your parlay for this weekend. Saints and Falcons, uh, Saints are favored by 5.5. This one's in Atlanta. Uh, Jameis Winston is back healthy. You got Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara. Um, Dennis Allen's the head coach now, so there's going to be some changes offensively for them. Um, but the Falcons' bigger change is that they don't have Matt Ryan anymore. They have Marcus Mariota starting. Maybe uh, what's that? What's that quarterback's name? Uh, the one from Cincinnati they just drafted. I don't think he's gonna. I'm drawing a blank on his name, but I don't think he's gonna start Week One. So it'd be Marcus Mariota. Um, I'm just worried about the weapons. Uh, they just have Kyle Pitts and Cordell Patterson basically. So I would take the Saints easily in that matchup as well. Um, so those are two. Easy picks for you if you want to do a parlay this weekend. I might get a little crazy do a parlay here. Um, Steelers and Bengals. Uh, Cincinnati's favored by six and a half. I would take that because I don't believe in the Mitchell Trubisky uh, situation there at quarterback. Um, they have all the other pieces there, but Cincinnati coming off a Super Bowl appearance. They lost, though, so they're I think they're hungrier than before. Better offensive line, right? You get another fully healthy year with Joe Burrow because in the beginning of last year Joe Burrow was kind of he was trying to get over that injury so he was kind of scared of getting hit in the pocket but then he got over that as the season progressed uh Eagles and Lions um this one's in Detroit uh Philadelphia favored by four you know how I feel about the Lions and Dan Campbell I am taking the Lions in this game because Jared Goff 
is haunting Philadelphia fans and will beat them in the first game of the season. Um, so that's an upset there. Patriots and Dolphins. Miami is favored by three. I would say I'm going to pick the Patriots for this one. I know there's a lot of matchups and or a lot of um, new additions on the Dolphins roster. You know, Tyree Kill. They have Jalen Waddle. They have some good weapons. They have seven running backs that they could play. Uh, Mike McDaniel's the head coach now, so you know they'll have some better offensive weapons. But I, I, don't, I just can't get away from Bill Belichick and the Patriots. I don't know why. Um, and then a lot of people are down on the Mac Jones train and you know that they don't have a offensive coordinator and they've been struggling a lot of like negative things and then a lot of too much positive things for the Dolphins so I feel like I feel like the opposite is going to happen I feel like the Patriots are going to win and then the Dolphins uh, are going to lose they're going to come out and people are like oh they're going to start questioning Tua like right away uh, so that one's in Miami uh, so I'm taking the Patriots to that one so that's another upset uh, Ravens and Jets uh, Baltimore favored by seven this one's an easy one because Zach Wilson's not going to play Right, Ravens are healthy on defense now. Um, you know now they have a better, uh, a healthy running game. Uh, the Jets, they just don't have the weapons to compete, especially without Zach Wilson. Um, so I would take the Ravens there. So that one is a for sure pick that I would take, put in a parlay. So now you have three uh, guaranteed picks. And then if you want to get a little bit crazy with those, uh, with those two upsets, then you know you can you can win more money that way instead of picking all favors favorites. But when you pick all favorites and you get like ten plus. The odds build up, so you have higher odds, um, and then you get a um, you get a chance to win a better uh, to get a b- bigger return. That's the way to do it. Um, Jaguars and Commanders. Uh, Washington is favored by three. Uh, this team is uh, just they ha- they're having to rely on Carson Wentz. So Carson Wentz statistically had a good year in Indianapolis, but um, I just I don't I just there's just something bad about him in a Commanders uniform like. It just screams like desperation. Um, Jaguars, it should be better with Doug Peterson as a head coach. Uh, I need to see a lot of improvement from Trevor Lawrence. They did make a lot of off-season um, uh, acquisitions there in trades. Um, I'm going with the upset. I'm picking Jacksonville to win this game. Um, and then let's see the Browns and the Panthers. Carolina's favored by two. Uh, let's see. Uh, Baker Mayfield's old team goes to his new home in Carolina, uh, but without... Deshaun Watson is more Jacoby Brissett. I am picking Baker Mayfield to show Cleveland what they're missing. <laughs> and I'm picking the the Panthers to to win that game. Uh, let's see. That one will be close, though. Colts and Texans. Uh, this one is Indianapolis is favored by eight. Uh, the Texans, uh, they're playing in Houston, so... I mean, I, don't, I really don't know about Houston, so I would I would just pick the Colts. You know, that's another for sure pick. Uh, they're a lot better, I think, this year with Matt Ryan than with, uh, with than with Carson Wentz. He's a veteran quarterback. He's been to the biggest stage, didn't win, but he played in the game at least. Uh, the Giants and the Titans. The Titans are favored by five and a half. Uh, they're playing in Tennessee. Um, I'm still just not sold on Daniel Jones and the Giants and picking the Titans. Um, they have a better defense. Uh, they you know, see if Ryan Tannehill recovered from that awful, awful playoff game against uh, the Raiders. Uh, the Vikings and the Packers. Packers are only favored by one and a half, and I think that's probably because of the um, the young receivers that they have and the struggles that we've all heard about in training camp. It's still Aaron Rodgers and the Vikings. He owns the Vikings. Um, I'm picking the Packers. Uh, Chiefs and Cardinals. Chiefs are favored by four and a half, and that one is, let's see, 
That one is in Arizona. Um, I'm picking the Chiefs. I'm still there's something with the the Cardinals. I just I'm not trusting them, especially early in the season. Okay, this next matchup, I'm excited about this matchup. Raiders and Chargers in L.A. The Chargers are favored by three points. Um, I really like the AFC West this year. I wish I could pick all of them. I just I, they're just gonna be so interesting. I want every AFC West matchup, whoever is playing, to be on prime time, not on Amazon crap. I want some Sunday night and Monday night games all the time for them. Okay, uh, this one is okay. Never mind. I already didn't get my wish. This one's Sunday afternoon at one twenty-five. But I'm in. I should technically be still in the Raiders market, right? If I'm in the Bay Area, even though they're in Vegas, I don't know. They should have kept it the same because that's where all the fans are. Um. Anyway, I have the Chargers winning this game uh, in L.A. Uh, they're think this is going to be the, the Justin Herbert. He's already been amazing. He's going to take that next step, and then hopefully they stay healthy and actually make the playoffs because they have so much talent. And I think a lot of people are we've been we've been betting on the Chargers for way too long. So they need they need to make some things happen now. Come on, so we can look right at least once in a while. Uh, Buccaneers and Cowboys. This is a Sunday night game. Uh, they're playing in Dallas. Uh, Tampa Bay is only favored by one and a half. Um, I think the Bucks are clearly a better team. Cowboys are probably going to see some regression this year. Um, injuries to the offensive line. Uh, a loss of Mari Cooper didn't really make any improvements, really. Um, even with Tom Brady missing two weeks for the Mass Singer for whatever vacation, I don't know. Um, he's such a veteran. He's been in the league for so long, like, I have no problems with, with him missing time. New uh, head coach, um, Gronk is out. I'll, I have Tampa Bay winning that game. There's no way that they lose that. And then a spicy Monday night game. The Broncos head back to Seattle as Russell Wilson faces his former team. Denver is favored by six. They should be favored by a lot more because I don't know who's going to be the quarterback for Seattle, whether it's Geno Smith, Drew Locke, or even Pete Carroll. Um they're all going to be bad. So I think, uh, you know, Russell Wilson's going to be hungry this first game, obviously. His whole, oh, against the, uh, my former team and all this, have to show them what they're missing, blah, 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 blah whatever. Um, so I think they win by 14 because Seattle is that bad. They're that bad. They literally just have DK Metcalf, but who who's going to throw to him? It's just, it's just really bad. So give him some bubble screens, put him in the backfield like Debo Samuel, whatever. But um, So those are our picks uh, for, for the first week. Uh, like I said, next week we'll do some fantasy stuff, um, and the next week we'll recap what picks I made. I'm going to put together a little parlay, get a little action on the, the first week. This is what I do, though. I get a crazy parlay, like 12, 13 games, and then I put um, then I only put $10, and then like my return to win is like 300 or something, just so I don't lose a lot of money and be like one of those people having to call the 1-800 gambling thing. It's just for fun, so that when I watch the games on Sunday – get a beer, maybe get some wings and just like, so I, so I'm interested in like, um, in what, let's see, let me pick a boring game. So I'm actually interested in Colts and Texans, something like that. Right. <laughs> okay. Well, that's the episode for this week. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week, maybe on Monday. Cause I just started a new job and my new job, I'm only off on Sundays and, and Monday. And I can't do Sunday cause that's when NFL is happening. So then maybe Monday we can recap the Sunday games and then like that coming week we can do or and then I'll do like the preview for the next week and then the next week we'll recap that Monday game that we missed, if that makes sense. So my new schedule will probably be every Monday or 
um, like really early on a weekday before work because I start at nine. So I like to wake up at six around there, but we'll shoot for like Mondays every, every week on Monday. So, so yeah, thanks again.